This is the Worst Damn Sports Show, period, show 101, guys. Do we start over at one and just start counting? Like- no, we got to keep on going. Yeah? Yeah, 100 is just the start. Okay. So 101, and we're going to be talking about the Broncos, of course, and in honor of ESP and the Ocho, we're going to be talking about our favorite non-professional sports. <laughs> Hang on. It's the Worst Damn Sports Show, period. <laughs> Setting the bar low for sports talk in Denver. Sorry. Truly a boring time of year right now when it comes to sports because we've got preseason football. We know that that is not the most exciting thing, especially like game one, guys, right? I mean, but the hype is is part of the fu- – like, it's the anticipation. This is your this is your football season four play here. I was, I was about to say, like, this is where we're kind of making out, but just like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like some over-the-close feeling <laughs> right now. I, I, I have I have a way to maybe turn preseason excitement around a little bit. I talked okay. about it on uh, air for KBPI this morning, but we'll get into that a little bit later. First, okay, cool. My name is Steve Burrell. That is Beardo. Yo! Uh, of KBPI, in case yeah. you don't know, and that is Dubs. Hi, that's me. Of 95.7 The Party. And that's Steve of, of Channel 93.3. And this is what we do when no one's looking and the, the studio is empty. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been able to do this for 101 different times. Yeah, I don't. I think there's years. only been like one or two times that somebody's walked in and been like, what? Why are you? What are you guys doing? What's that here? smell? <laughs> uh. Or we've had to find like different studios. Like, hey man, I need to use this today because you guys are late. It's like, well, okay, we'll we'll go Bogart somebody else's studio. It's fine. I will say that this might change soon because they're doing the construction here in this building. Mm-hmm. They have shown us our new studio, Ooh. and man, does it suck! Oh. <laughs> really? It's like the little hole in the clo- like the closet next to um, K How over here. Wait, is this temporary this. though? No, that's where they're going to move us. Like for good? Yeah. Wow. We're really getting kicked in the balls. Wow. Here, and we don't get a – so normally we have this other studio next to us where if someone comes in, we could be like, use that one. We won't have that. Oh, you're only getting the one. <sighs> so anyway, um, that <laughs> is, is we start out everything with the tweet of the week. Which is pre-season fights because we had a – I don't know if it was a big one. I think the media turned it into a much bigger thing. Than oh no! It was. Did you see the the video? I saw the video, but like of Amanda Sanders and Cortland. They, yes, yeah, they uh, swinging okay. boy. Well, they were swinging at each other. And here's the interesting thing: it, like obviously they're teammates. They were able to squash it. We saw all that the media was still talking about it like a week later. <laughs> were a hits lot. landed, or was it just like the uh, wild? It looks like they straight arm punching. Yeah, no, I mean that's what it was. Okay. But it looks like they landed. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those things where it was a little bit more violent than you'd probably want. Less grabbing, more punching? There was. I mean, they were throwing punches. All right. Yeah. There's one point where, like, the fight starts, and you see Emmanuel Sanders. I assume it's Emmanuel Sanders because he looked like the smaller guy of the two. Yeah, he would be smaller. He, uh... He's like walking around something. You could see that they're still John at each other, and then he just he jumps up to try to punch Cortland Sutton. Yeah, a little whirling <laughs> yeah. dervish accent. Yeah, like yeah. just straight up jumps up, and then they're pulled away. It ends very quickly. The thing leaving your feet is never a good move. In <laughs> yeah, no. Well, unless unless you're highly trained, unless you're really good at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing that I took away from it though is it was interesting to see two members of the same side of the ball, so offense, and the same position Position group. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, that was wild to me. Normally, it's offense versus defense. It's a lineman versus a lineman. Yeah, and you see those all the time. Yeah, all the time. And that makes sense because you're only hitting the same person for two weeks before your first preseason game. You know what I mean? You're already engaging physically with that person. Yeah, and somebody feels like 
you know, someone takes a cheap shot, quote unquote, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so you can understand. Apparently they were arguing about trying to get something right. And like Emmanuel Sanders was giving him a hard time because he, Cortland Sutton wasn't doing something right. And they wanted to go back and do it again and blah, blah, blah. These are not only two guys that are in the same position group. They went to the same school. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders like helped him through the draft process and happened to be picked by the Broncos. Like they work out together in the offseason. I mean, it's super strange. They are super tight. Um, but it made sense when they did their little post fight press conference that they did together. And they were like, <laughs> what, you never fought with your brother before? Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's what I thought of. Like, I have five brothers, it's all boys in my family. We would have some fights, like full-on fights over the dumbest you have shit. Five brothers, yeah. So six kids, yeah. Well, and all dudes, all dudes. Wow, no all girls, right. anyway. yeah. All guys in my family. But like, we would have these fights, and then like two minutes later, we'd be building Legos or playing football, and yeah. then we'd have another little argument, and then two minutes later, we'd be fine. Sure. So that's to me, as somebody who has that many brothers and was around this all the time, that's why I felt like I was like, yeah, man, they're they're playing football. They had an earlier two weeks of training camp than anyone else. They've already played a preseason game. They're getting tired of – It's like 100 degrees. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's in the heat of the day. Like this was inevitable at some point. It just felt to me like they carried on way too much with the coverage of this. So what was it about? Anyone know? Uh, so it, to, like Dove was saying, it was because Emmanuel was trying to get – Cortland to do something right now what I've heard from training camp and in all of the press conferences a big point of focus for Cortland Sutton to get him to the next level was his route running this year because last year he was just running he was just getting the deep ball this year they wanted him to progress through the the um, route tree yeah through the route tree and kind of build a better chemistry so if that's what it was and Emmanuel being the vet I understand that a whose bit. strength by the way is route right running. yeah um, so yeah, I mean, listen, it's, I don't think the coverage was too overblown cause it's a thing, but it's not a thing. Right. It's, it's definitely something worth noting. It's worth reporting. It's worth talking about. And then you just, we all, like we all said, like, you know, it just goes away. It's fine. I think you just summed up preseason football. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a thing, it's, but you, it's not a thing. Yeah. Like you should talk about it cause it's happening, but, but you should not care. Should you care? Probably not. <laughs> Some stuff will matter. Some stuff may not. <laughs> For the most part. All right. So with that said, let's talk about preseason football. Let's get into it. <clears throat> Topic one. Broncos and Seahawks tonight. Now this is... I don't like this, this is such a weird game for the Broncos because they had that extra preseason game, but we'll see the starters. We'll see Joe Flacco at least. I don't know if we'll see all the starters. I don't I haven't heard anything about a Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, that side of the ball, but I know Joe Flacco is gonna get some reps in there. Probably just a series, and then it's back to Kevin Hogan and Drew Locke. The interesting side of this story, though, we're gonna see somebody who was a number one draft pick for the Denver Broncos. Probably play some significant time for the other team. It will be interesting. It will. It will. I w- I'm curious to see how he looks. Paxton Does, Lynch is who they're talking about. Oh, yeah. About. Sorry. <laughs> the return of the pirate. Does he still look like a pirate? I haven't seen Paxton Lynch since he played for the Broncos. So I mean, I assume it's hard to get rid of that pirate cheek. But um, Unless he shaved the goatee, then, then it's not a pirate. It's a whole new but, man. Yeah. I'm, okay. That's something to look forward to here in this <laughs> preseason game. Because obviously Russell Wilson is not playing because it's not it's not important. 
I remember. Yeah, you that, don't need to. Uh, maybe this is sidetracking, but it is preseason football. The one of the most memorable preseason games I have was Russell Wilson coming here to Denver as a rookie mm-hmm. and playing and looking like, dude, they should start that guy. Like, yeah. He's pretty That he's was pretty the year good. that he beat out, uh, was Matt it Flynn? Flynn. Okay, yeah. yeah. And Tavares Jackson, I think, was on that team Maybe. too. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Flynn but, was the guy they brought in. He had the, he paid, they paid him big money to yeah. come over from the Green Bay Packers because uh, he lit it up while Aaron Rodgers was out yeah. and he never even started a game. But this is where Russell Wilson made his name. Like it was his first big preseason game. So I don't know. Anyways, uh, I, like there's not too much to watch for. It's one of those things where Peter disagrees. I'm hoping that we get a lot more Drew Locke time because that kid needs it. Yeah, I think he needs the reps. And I'm also, I don't know, I haven't heard anything about the line, whether their starting line is going to start. I would assume if Joe Flacco is going to get out there for a a few reps, that the starting offensive line would be out there along yeah, with Yeah, as him. long as they're healthy, I'd assume. And I'm, I'm interested, I did, out of the first, like for the Hall of Fame game, just about to throw away a game as you could, but I was able to at least, okay, let's see how Garrett Bowles blocks for a few times. He looked okay. Obviously, it was just like a handful of reps uh, before they changed him out. Uh, the kid from CU, the receiver. Juwan Winfrey. He's the guy who caught the game-winning touchdown. Er, it, this is like the the drama part of it, if you will, kind of like a hard knocks light when yeah. you see a guy like that drop during the first or second series if a long third down hit him in the hands, dropped it, and you could see him just hold his head in his hands, and you're thinking he's feel for the guy because you know these are all guys hoping, hoping just to make the team. Yeah, and that and was your that shot. <laughs> is going to ruin it. Yeah. But then he redeems himself totally with this like spectacular catch in the end zone. And what a pass from from uh, Riffin too. To it was, make it that was an okay pass. It was more of a bad, badly defended pass though. Like true. that guy probably should have picked it off or knocked it down. But either way. It was, uh, you know, on the mark-ish, and he came down with it with his toes off the bounce. It was nice. I think it's just nice, even if it's only one or two series, it's just nice to have the starters out there and kind of get a feel for, here's what a drive looks like for them. You know what I mean? It's I, I always do enjoy that part of it, and uh, you can watch SportsCenter and be caught up on all 32 teams because they only show the one drive that yeah. everybody was playing. But it, it's fun know? to see, you know, hopefully you get a, some kind of semblance of competence out there. Here's, here's what I don't understand. If you have five preseason games and you are only going to play your starters for four of them, why would you not play them in the Hall of Fame game and give them this week off? Just so they have more time. To rest and recover. I mean, you, they begged for a bye week during the regular season. Why wouldn't, even if you give them the third and fourth weeks off, like how, I know they normally give them the fourth week off too, but why wouldn't you give them either the third and the fourth weeks off? Or Maybe they're just saying we're really just like so raw at this point that the Hall of Fame game that we want a little bit of seasoning on these guys. You want, you want them to play at least one series against their counterparts. And you're not going to get that in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, I guess. I just, for me, I was, I was kind of taken aback by that. You have the advantage of having a fifth preseason game instead of just doing it like we've always done it. Why wouldn't you try to use it to your advantage? Get some reps in there, then give them time to rest and recover. I don't know. I'd be interested to see uh, Noah Fant as well. I know he played a few snaps the the last game to see yeah. if he can do anything to again first game. Yeah, but again, just to see him run a route. 
we t- catch a ball, maybe. And we talked about the cornerback battle. That's something that maybe you can watch with the second teamers, right? Because you're going to have to find some slot guys out of those second team corners. Yeah. Um, so we talked about that last week. I still think that's something that you need to watch. I think that'll still. I think that'll probably be a bigger focus just for the team as a whole because we know. I know that Drew Locke in, is going to get in there, but I think that as far as what the coaches are really watching, it's going to be the cornerback battle. Yeah. The guy that I was intrigued with from the Hall of Fame game, though, was Draymond Jones, that the tackle. That dude was lighting it up. Like I know he was going against like second and third teamers, but, man, he was getting into the backfield. He looked really strong and really good, so I'm excited to see if he's back in there against some of the second teamers for the Seahawks tonight because – their offensive line is pretty solid. Do they have joint practices? Broncos have just no, joint practices? No, they don't have any schedule That's this That's interesting. Year. I, I know coaches really like that because you can control the situation. And um, so, you know, you say, okay, we're in a two-minute drill now, and you don't necessarily get that during a preseason game. Um, but that's normally where you see a guy like that getting some first-team reps that he wouldn't get otherwise yeah. as a situational pass rusher maybe or run defender or whatever um so i was wondering if they had any joint practices it'll be interesting to see if he can crack and and maybe get some first team reps you know yeah that joe jones will be another one to watch at linebacker we, we heard his name a little bit he's is he the one from csu i can't remember where he's from I don't know. but um he it you know we're still trying to figure out we're really still trying to figure out the secondary of the defense more than anything, I think. Yeah. Even with losing Brandon Marshall to the Raiders, which it was weird to see him on hard knocks the other night uh, riding the bike. Um, but we're still, you know, is Josie Jewell going to be at that level? Is he, he Joe Jones? Be. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're still we're still trying to figure that out because we've got guys that are trying to take Josie Jewell's spot yeah, at this unless, point. Unless Elway's trying to work a trade, Josie Jewell better be that guy. Yeah, that's the other inside linebacker part is just in general – Back to how none of this really means a whole lot is you're you're playing defenses that you normally wouldn't play against offenses you normally wouldn't play because the offense is going to be so basic, like yeah. so vanilla. They're not going to show you anything special. They're just going to run some routes. They're going to get some blocks. And while the defense, on the other hand, is just going to blitz the hell out of you because like that's what they're going to do to you because they're going to try out all their blitzes. They're going to see what what you know people are comfortable with. Who's filling the gaps and. So it's it's yeah, it, but you are looking for the overall effectiveness of either side. Uh, a guy that I just thought of that probably should have been brought up in the conversation mm. a little bit sooner, but the Broncos finally signed Theo Riddick. Oh yeah, that's we'll, right. We'll so probably see cool. him. I would uh, I'd say maybe fifty percent tonight. I love I love him. I really think he's an underrated back. Um, but I feel like he's so much like Philip Lindsay that it's. I, I just didn't feel like this was the best spot for him. I know Philip Lindsay's a better runner, but in terms of just the way that they run the ball, it's not. We like still he, have no idea what this offense is going to look like. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just it's not like you have a thunder and lightning combo, right? But like, if you're saying a a upgraded version of Devontae Booker, yeah, he yes. is yeah. that. Yeah, he is that. And as a matter of fact, maybe even different in another way because he, in a lot of ways, with Detroit played true wide receiver position. Like he played the slot. He's he's spread out. Yeah, and only knowing him through thank you fantasy football, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, he obviously is a playmaker. Yeah, and I think you make a good point with the slot. It's not something that I considered, but um, 
you want to find a way to get uh, a, a threat inside of Emmanuel and Cortland. And if you can do that with Theo Reddick, it I mean, who cares what if it says RB or and how about this? WR, you yeah. know? If he is that guy, if he's your third down back, he's truly a player you have to account for. Like versus a Devontae Booker where you're like, well, if he gets the ball, he gets the ball. Yeah. Uh, well, Theo Reddick, you're like, what is he going to do? Yeah, and Devontae <laughs> Booker, how about that for a draft pick? Third um, round. Yeah. Hasn't well, done a whole lot. There's been a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely has taken a lot of heat for not living up to it. But at the same time, he's been okay. Um, but I don't, I don't believe he'll make this team barring injury. Just because you have Philip Lindsay's making this team. Royce Freeman's making this team. Theo Riddick's definitely making this team. He's he's got a million dollar guarantee they can keep him around no matter how he performs in camp. Right. Royce, Royce Freeman has flashed, but I feel like John should just stop drafting running backs. Just just go out and undrafted sign the free veterans. agents only. <laughs> no, undrafted free agents only. Get yourself Philip Lindsay and forget about Royce Freeman and Ronnie Hillman and Devontae Booker. And, and outside of a lot of you know players that get drafted just in general, that's maybe not a bad idea, yeah. or at least to pick one up because I feel like they're they're such a hit or miss commodity unless I'm, you're drafting an Ezekiel Elliott or a Todd Gurley or right. something like that. Here's my fear with Theo Riddick: is I do not want this to be another jamal charles situation where they just don't use him yeah and we should have we should have absolutely used him because he was both a runner and pass catcher and still had a lot of juice i think in him we Mm -hmm. just we just sat him on the bench basically all year used him like once or twice well new coaching staff so true let's not let's (laughs) not bring the uh the ptsd of vance joseph with us (laughs) good (laughs) points good points i don't think a lot of people knew what was going on last year All right, shall we do it? Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next thing. This is where we break things up a little bit here in the Worst Damn Sports Show period, and we lay it on thick to something that we really enjoyed one way or another last week. And I'll start with mine just because it's kind of a, it's kind of all over the place in a way. And it came to light when I was watching uh, highlights of the Toronto Blue Jays, and I'm watching Bo Bichette mm. swing the bat. That's right. And he looks just like his dad. Yeah. Like he's got the long <laughs> flowing laps. Okay, if you don't know, if you're this far into a sports podcast that deals with Denver sports and you don't know that I'm talking about Dante Bichette's kid. You better know about the sledgehammer. I really did have those like moments of watching the nostalgic things. You're like, look at look at him. You know, he's like a little slimmer, but he's also a lot younger than when Dante was kinda like even yeah. in the heyday with the with the Rockies. Yeah. But he's got that same you know, the same Lots. He's got the same stance, you know, the same kind of active motion while he's at the plate. He had, he's hit three home runs in eight games. He's he broke Trevor Story's record. Did you see that? No, I did not. For having an extra base hit in each of his first seven or eight games. Yeah, uh, Story had it in in either seven or eight, and then Bobachet broke it by going one more. Um, and so kind of cool. We the one uh, the but the highlight that I saw was him hitting a double and then getting knocked home by uh, Kayvon Biggio. Yeah. Like another, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, um, and Craig Biggio's kid. Right. And that's also the same team that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is playing on. Right. And it's just pretty cool. It's like the next generation. It's wild. I bet <laughs> like, like, like Bo Bichette was probably a baby when he was like playing for the Rockies. I don't even know how old I'm he was. sure there's shots of him in Coors Field with his dad. Just his diapers. Just, yeah, <laughs> just, you know, running around the bases or something like that. And I'll top that off with, uh, speaking of, of like, kids, uh, the the highlight that I saw right after that, and that was uh, Isan 
Sorry, I got to get his name right because I'm going to mess it up. Um, Isan Diaz, who was uh, batting for the Marlins, and it was his first ever game, his first ever at bat, and they're interviewing his parents, and he crushes a home run off of uh, DeGrom. So, yeah. like, all the people and their parents just going wild, yeah. just, like, in the middle of this interview, just like, ah! I saw that. They had the mic, like, right in the dad's face, and yeah. he just ju- he just stopped talking and jumped up. It was awesome. So, all the way around, that's just a topper on the whole, like, next generation of baseball thing. It, it made me smile, so I'm trying to share it best that's, I can. Yeah, man, it was great. Um, my lay it on thick is for the one and only, and he really is the one and only, no matter what his football career turns into, Baker Mayfield. Yes. I don't know if you guys <laughs> yes. saw this over the weekend. The Indians were losing a game. Apparently, they had the night off from training camp, so Baker Mayfield goes to a game. They put him on the Jumbotron. And once he realizes he's on the Jumbotron, he puts his hand up. And by the way, the execution was flawless. Puts his hand up, gets a beer tossed to him, catches the beer in one motion, uses his teeth to (laughs) pop a hole in the bottom of it, cracks the top of it, and shotguns the beer on the Jumbotron in a matter of seconds, and then turns around and pumps his Francisco Lindor jersey that he's got on. (laughs) The Indians rallied and won. And they also won the internet by sending out this tweet. We retweeted it from Worst Sports if you want to go see it. But it starts off with a quote, and it says, I just don't like the idea of my franchise quarterback spending time at a baseball game. I mean, what are you doing, Baker Mayfield? You guys don't see Aaron Rodgers shotgunning beers. Just not a good look. Go watch some film at Colin Cowherd. Probably. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they spaced down a couple times and they just wrote legend. So uh, you can turn off the internet. The Cleveland Indians have won it. And uh, I'm all about that shotgun. We always, I think for the most part, all three of us were for the swag. We were okay with him kind of being yes. himself. Yes. And uh, we kind of wish he had fallen to the fifth pick. But, um, <laughs> I, I've never actually in person seen the bite the can shotgun. I, it's, it was impressive. I'm not no, no, gonna, I've seen I'm the not, video. Oh, did you watch I'm the video? I'm just saying in person. <laughs> I've never seen anyone attempt that, much uh, less accomplish it. I was in Montana and asked for keys to shotgun a beer. Because, like, you know, you get a key, you pop it open, and you yeah, shotgun it, right? You do it. This girl that was in college, her dad is the one that owns the cabin. She's like, you need keys? And I'm like, yeah, what else do you do? She takes her thumb and punches a hole in the side of the can with her thumb. What? I know. Nice. (laughs) I know. I was like, oh my God, I've been drinking with rugby players for a decade. I've never seen that. What? Did you propose immediately? (laughs) Like like that, the the Bruce Lee three-inch punch. (laughs) So then we go go fishing later that day, and I turn to her dad, and I'm like, you have to promise you won't tell your daughter if I can't do this. And I took a can, and I tried to do it, and I couldn't do it. I tried no idea how she did it, but there you go. Well, we got a, something to do. Yeah. On <laughs> there was an ESPN video where Stone Cold Steve Austin was rating professional athletes. Beer I was jugs. watching that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Baker Mayfield was the first one. He's just like, A plus. Yeah. A plus. I mean, listen, he doesn't get all the beer down, but he gets most of it down, <laughs> and the, the pop was solid. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> and I'm going to lay it on thick for the USA dodgeball team now uh, we're gonna get into this in a little bit but uh espn is showing some interesting things right now and one of those is a dodgeball tournament now for usa dodgeball if you haven't been following this which you should be there's nothing else going on they were down 12 to 2 against canada 
of all teams. The nicest. Not acceptable. Yeah, right. The nicest people <laughs> on the planet are apparently good at violent dodgeball. Uh, but down 12 to 2, the U.S. rally. That's right. In overtime. America. To come back and beat those sorry Canadians. Right. It was amazing. And it's just awesome that you got to watch USA dominate at dodgeball. Yeah, we're going to beat you at hockey, too, Canada. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dodgeball, that leads us right into our next thing here. Really? Second that, topic. That's a, that's a segue? Yeah. Wow. Why, what? What are we talking about that has to do with dodgeball? Well, way to stop the momentum right now. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. We're talking about interesting sports that, well, maybe aren't really sports, professional sports. Eh, well, is someone paying, getting paid to do it? You know, I don't know I if the USA don't know. dodgeball yeah. team is getting paid. <laughs> They're just point. on ESPN Ocho. <laughs> it is a sport. <laughs> yeah. The Ocho one, it was on yesterday and today. I got something to do today then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's August 8th. We were Dubs and I were talking about this because it was on yesterday. <sighs> where it's like, well, it's 8-8. Yeah. Eight, eight. Why would you not do the Ocho on 8-8? Eight, eight? You know, I didn't make that connection. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't engrossed. I really asked the tough questions on this podcast, Steve. <laughs> I was engrossed in a 90s putt putt championship yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been doing all morning? Yeah. Is Do it on have, right now? Yeah, cha- I mean, <laughs> Channel 35, man. Do they have the cornhole championship on yet? It's going to be in the background. I'm just going to do this. I, so. There was some arm wrestling on in the morning. Uh, That's fantastic. <laughs> is, this, is it ESPN or ESPN 2? No, it's 2. You want okay, yeah, this is Two, right? Well, it's well, whatever, actually whatever. ESPN the Ocho, not ESPN. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but. but but the reason we're talking about this, Steve and I were talking because it is that slow time of year where we've got preseason football that, well, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, we've got Rockies baseball, which, well, you know, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about interesting sports that we've played, but not necessarily as like a as like a group, as like a rec league or a. a school league or anything like that because sometimes you just got to get creative with so, the sports. yeah some of these are nostalgic just in general like you're not going to go do these but other things i feel like maybe if you took it up and tried it you'd have uh you'd have something fun to do especially yeah. a boring time at work like where some of these were born uh that's definitely where mine was born i'll yeah. go ahead and start yeah. we used to play i worked in a movie store in high school and friday saturday nights Popping, always busy. You were running, you know, movies out. We were a joint with a pizza place too. Like we had a Papa Murphy's thing where you take and bake it. So slinging pizzas, slinging movies, busy as shit. It was a take and bake pizza slash movie, movie store. store? Yeah. Ah, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And we delivered. Wow. So you could, you could like order ahead online and place your movie in pizza order, and we we deliver. How it to you're you. not a millionaire is beyond me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, because movie stores got beat out by Redbox and Netflix. So, but still, I, they can't <laughs> give you pizza. Yeah, true. But anyways, when we'd have those slower days, the middle of the week, I'm talking heat of the day, summer, noon to five shift. No one's coming in because they're at the pool. They're enjoying the outdoors. We'd play movie store baseball, and. The rules for this were pretty simple because there'd be, you know, four of us on a shift, two people in the pizza part, two people in the movie part. We had a bouncy ball machine. And the way we'd play it is we'd find, you know, like a cardboard tube of some sort. That would be our bat. Yeah. The uh, batter would stand at the checkout kiosk. So if anybody came in, they were the first person to greet them, you know, okay. try to <laughs> try to look like we were actually working. Uh, the pitcher would stand in the middle of an aisle and each different section was how you scored a run. 
So you weren't running bases. You were trying to bat two different sections. Mm. We had the horror section, the new release, those types of things. I can't remember exactly what each section was. So was this called Movie Store Baseball? It was called okay. Movie Store Baseball. Yeah, we were very uncreative with our name. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you basically have – since we were using these bouncy balls, we had to use something small or else we damaged the movie store. Uh, you had to bounce it for the pitch. The batter had to swing. Of course, if he missed, it was a strike. So it was like cricket. Yeah, kind of. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're combining sports here, <laughs> even though I've never really watched cricket. I know um, that much. Yeah. So if you if you struck or if you had a strike, it was considered an out. We just short. get multiple chances. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, if you hit it into the adult section of the movie store that we had, this is a small town, Fort Morgan. We had an adult section. All right. I don't need your judging <laughs> eyes right now. That's at Beardo. <laughs> yeah. At Beardo on Twitter. Um, none of us were old enough to go into the adult section yet because I was 16 years old in high school. So if you hit the bouncy ball in there, it was an automatic out and you're switching. Oh, or see, I feel like that should be a grand slam or something. Like no, we that. couldn't go in there to retrieve the ball. So. <laughs> Wait, why couldn't you go in there? We were underage. You have to be 18 to go into the adult section. Yeah, but you're playing when no one's there. Isn't that yeah. the whole point? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you yes, never know. But there was still If cam- there was there, someone there, I'm not going in. Yeah, the, there were cameras in the adult section because a lot of, you know, theft of those types of movies. Oh, it was so bad. Theft so, is so, it, it was so, like, they were so protective of their teenage workers at this movie store that when people were, like, checking out movies from the adult section, they came in, like, black blacked out cases. You... There was no chance <laughs> that you were seeing anything. I love that. That's actually way more fascinating than the game part. <laughs> you were working at a, a technically a, a movie store, but they would, could rent renting porn. Yeah, you that's could so rent. funny. It yeah, would, he wants to do that. Who does that? Truckers, <laughs> truckers that have DVD players in their trucks. And then they bring it back. Yeah, and you're like, just set it in the thing. Keep it. Keep it. I'm not going to check if you rewound yeah. or not. Yeah, keep keep that. But yeah, so that that. That's how we uh, played movie store baseball and, you know, just had fun and passed our summers. It, it was really the American pastime, if you will. What was yes. yours? Uh, well, same thing. Born of boredom at work at a ski shop in the middle of the summer. This was actually that maybe there's a Frisbee game that you guys have played this before where you stand like in a circle, if you will, with multiple people and you throw the Frisbee around. And if you catch it or if you drop it, it's a point. Or if you throw it to a way that they can't catch it, it's a point. First one to ten is out, and you work your way down. Now, we weren't playing Frisbee because it was inside of a, a store in a basement where no one is around. And we didn't, uh, so what we did is we played with lids of anything. And we called the game Lid. <laughs> <laughs> Again, creative name. Good, good work. <laughs> and also, if you're in the, in the ski shop downstairs, there's lots of obstacles. So you position yourself where you're going to be for the uh, duration of the game and then it's your job to either catch or throw in a way where you the other person drops it or you don't and but you could use obstacles you could bounce it off the ski poles you could bounce it off the wall you could throw it upside down one of the better parts about it is you can use any kind of a lid whatsoever it could be a folgers can lid could be a yogurt lid used to have those more were they all just strictly round lids yeah, I mean, we, we experimented <laughs> with different stuff, but you'd be surprised how poorly things fly <laughs> without that. And it seems simple. Here's the thing. like, It seems like such a simple, stupid thing. So your goal is to catch it. Your goal is to catch it or to throw it in a manner where the other person could catch it, and if they drop it, it's on them. Okay, so uh, who makes uh, the call as to if it was a catchable pass or it's not? It's kind of like <laughs> a, an honor system around like whoever else is playing. You'd be Kay. like, there was a lot of yelling of like, 
that's on you. Yeah, right. <laughs> One way or another. And it, and it works out that way. And it is surprisingly addictive. It's so simple. So again, break it down this way. You've got a lead. You throw it back and forth to another person. If they drop it, they get a point. If you throw it poorly, you get the point. First one to 10 loses. You could do it with any number of people. I mean, two or more, of course, is better. Um, and it just, and it, you will not stop. You will play one game. You'll be like, okay, let's do it again. Let's Lid. do it again. I guarantee it. Lid. Yes. Uh, for me, I had uh, two quick ones I'll tell you about. The first one, uh, do you know it's really boring when you're a head coach of a team or any coach on a team and you make your team run? Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing to do while they're running. <laughs> and so we invented we invented this thing called stopwatch baseball where we each had stopwatches because we're coaches. So of course we have stopwatches there. I don't know why. But uh so you take the stopwatch and it's stopwatch baseball and you start it and stop it. And if you start it and stop it at .01 second, it's a single. And .02 (laughs) seconds is a double. And .03 seconds is a triple. And .04 seconds is a home run. And anything else is an out. Got it. Okay. Uh, And so you sit there and you you see how many runs you can score. uh, While they're running. And then you switch it, right? Like (laughs) then you give the stopwatch to the other guy and he he gets the bottom of the first. And this is what you do while your kids run. Uh, it's it's surprisingly hard to stop it. It's very that, easy to stop it at point oh one yeah. because you just click it twice real fast. But to stop it at point oh four is surprisingly difficult. <laughs> I get that's where the trick. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah I would so, be a doubles kind of guy. I think I think I just stick to that. Stick to the do- station to station yeah. is what Steve's yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other game that we invented. This was when I was a kid in elementary school. Shouts out to Mickey Bacus. We invented Mickey Ball, and the rule it was a cross between soccer and rugby, and the rule was you were allowed to use your hands. You could pick up the ball. But as soon as you pick up the ball, you are free to get tackled. Yeah, it's kind of like rugby, (laughs) Well, but the difference is, so the idea was we had a bunch of football players and soccer players that were all playing together. We were trying to figure out what game we would both be good at. And the soccer players didn't want to get hit. So the soccer players would just leave the ball on the ground Ah. and kick it around, right? Mm -hmm. But the football players didn't have that kind of dexterity, so they would pick the ball up and run with it. And so until you pick up the ball, right, you can't get hit. But even if you put it back on the ground after you pick it up, you're still able to get hit. I, you know what? Out of all the things we talked about, that one has the most legitimate shot of becoming an actual sport. I, I was going to say, <laughs> look, look at Dubs like bridging the gap of football and and soccer. Was lovers, not my man. idea. I mean, think about that. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be named Dubs sport Ball. in America, combined with the most popular sport in the rest of the world. This is going to be a hit. I just, I, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun to play because, like, you would run and you're like, I'm faster than you, I'm faster than you, I'm faster than you, I'm bigger than you, I'm picking up the ball. <laughs> It's already got a name, too, that has a, a heritage of it at some point. Yeah, right. Mickey Ball, and Mickey people Ball. are like, well, that makes sense. Somehow. You could also throw it in the goal. You didn't have to kick it in the goal. You could throw uh, it in the goal. See? Look yeah. at that. A little bit of handball, actually. There, right. There's a sport like that that I tweeted a video from. Is it, uh, like it a handball? Isn't handball what it is? No? Maybe. I don't know. It's like it, it's over in a foreign country, but it looked like soccer where they were throwing. I was like, what is this? What, yeah. what is going on here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks like if we're checking in on the Ocho, yeah, they're really uh, – this is uh, – I believe they call this <laughs> tennis. <laughs> Maybe the Ocho was just yesterday. I did watch a putt-putt championship. Don't judge. Maybe they just don't do it 24-7. Maybe it's just like a chunk of programming. Yeah, or uh, tennis is also an obscure. <laughs> it could be. All right. Time to wrap it up. Ish. 
here on the Worst Damn Sports Show period where we talk about one thing that rubbed us the wrong way. Here is the worst part of the Worst Damn Sports Show. And you know, um, actually, I started last time, so I'm going to throw it off. Who wants oh, to go? Okay. I can go first. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Um, okay, so I wrote down two things here, uh, and I normally pick after you guys are done, but now I'll let you pick for me. Do you want to hear about Bradbury's butt or Brown's feet? <laughs> Those are your choices. Uh, let's, get, let's go to Brown's feet, because I think that's... I don't know what's... I don't know what the other one is, I guess. <laughs> uh, the other one is uh, the new center for the Minnesota Vikings. Apparently has a very sweaty posterior. No. And Kirk Cousins has talked about it several times and how no. his hands are wet. Gross. When he gets the ball from is he under a new center. center? Is he the center last year? No, he was drafted. Bradbury was there. And it was picked like Butt 18th or something like that. <laughs> and know. his hands are wet when they come out from under center. And he told uh. them that he might threaten to be under shotgun or pistol if it doesn't get better during game time, which he said it gets better during game time because he gets the breaks, right? Like he gets to go and play for a little bit and then comes off the field. Uh, but apparently he sweats a lot. So that's, that's what I was going to talk about. But you wanted Brown's feet. So let's talk about Antonio Brown and his gnarly ass feet. Did you see those things? Like, I, was, I thought there was some crazy athlete's foot. Yeah, it on. is disgusting. I have He has like a... a the skin is sloughing off. Yes, like a green sheet of skin that is coming off the bottom of his feet. Yeah. It is nasty. Apparently, he was in a uh, cryo chamber, like one of those things to help you heal, mm-hmm. and he was not wearing the proper protection on his feet, and so he's got frostbite on his feet, which is crazy, but if you feel like losing your lunch, go look up a picture of Antonio Brown's feet. Uh, They said he should be okay in time. He's just got to get all the dead skin off and let the new skin heal, but uh, it was really gross. I mean, it was super disgusting. That was they mentioned that in Hard Knocks, but not what he did, but just something with his feet. Yeah. And when he was doing his footwork, his trainer trained like, "You got to slow it down." Yeah. On the cuts, you know, you don't want that skin. I was like, "Why? What's yeah. going on?" And yeah. Then, no one ever knew back then. Well, they knew, but they didn't say anything about did it. Did you see the picture he put on social yeah, media? I gross. mean, it's it is. Ugh. Uh? uh my worst is actually going to be. The Oakland Raiders on Hard Knocks. Did you guys watch it on Tuesday? Yeah, that's going to be my worst too, but maybe it'll be a different reason. Okay. Well, we'll my reason is that they were over or underwhelmingly boring. They were just boring. Yeah, and, like, I wanted yeah. more. I wanted the train wreck. I was so excited too because, like, first shot comes out. Uh, John Gruden is talking about dreams and, and nightmares. And he said something along the lines of, I don't believe in dreams, I believe in nightmares. And I was like, oh. This is a prediction. <laughs> this, this is going to be good. Yeah. Everybody's going to reference that quote later in the season. And then, like, nothing happened. The worst thing that happened was they cut the most predictable person on the team, the last chance you kid who didn't really act like he wanted to be there anyways. That was how basically the episode ended. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Awful. Yeah, it, like, lost my interest. I, yeah, did right? we even see Mike Mayock? Like, I know he was at the table during the meeting, but, like, one of the most interesting things about Hard Knocks normally is to watch, like, the coach and the GM in the office, who they're talking to, yeah. making trades, that kind of thing. You know, like, oh, we're going to cut this guy. All that kind of... That's the most interesting stuff. And there was none of that. It was just all on the practice field, and it was garbage. I yeah. mean, of all the hard knocks that I've watched, I felt like it was the worst one. 
That okay? I was with my. That's actually my worst too. Exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and maybe not that the show was boring because I'm still intrigued to see what happens next week. Oh yeah, all. I'm still gonna watch. But, but overall, that I they're a mess as a team. But because of that, because there's no, there's nothing going on. Like that was like they talked to Derek Carr. I've never actually heard Derek Carr really talk much other than just maybe interview situations so you kind of got a peek of what Derek Carr's like as a person and he's boring as hell yeah he's yeah. super boring <laughs> like he's a, he, obviously talented but obviously like he's not a leader of men like you, you, I just feel that like his interactions with the other players even his interaction with the safety that first round safety that yep. they took uh, Abram, Abram. Mm-hmm. yeah when they were at dinner that that was the scene that like they were talking about uh kids you got to cook, give it your all yeah um, like, it was, uh, was so that bad. the guy that's like it's called salmon it's like that's not even like yeah it's not even yeah. funny yeah <laughs> like it was awful yeah <laughs> the um and it, so there was his part too abrams as well showing a complete disrespect for john gruden when he got when he was like oh yeah he he's like no I'm not, I'm not gonna do that you can't cut me you're not gonna cut me first round pick i didn't even yeah. see that oh, yeah. see this yeah, yeah. might have been what part where it, it, tuned it out. wasn't like a blow-up it was just him like telling him to do something i'd have to they, actually watch it again but he was basically just like i don't i don't need you to tell me that they, like, they, abram was like hitting people when oh, they weren't in pads yet that was part of it yeah and john green was just like hey man we're we're brothers out here like i don't need you going that hard and end, yeah. and and basically Abram was just like yeah no that's how i play the game i don't care if we're in pads or not you're not gonna cut me type of situation yeah, wow you're not, you're not gonna cut <laughs> me. like to his face right and gruden i feel like gruden's a little bit like me because like if somebody said that to me i'd I'd be like, you're done right now. Yeah, like That's I, what I was waiting for. I don't him. care if you're a first <laughs> round didn't. pick. The only guy he like stood up to in any weird backstabbing kind of way was the undrafted rookie who didn't show up to training and yeah, just told someone else to cut did. him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that and like the Abram thing with like all he's shown right now is he knows has to buy multiple Rolls Royces. Like he hasn't actually played the game yet. Yeah. So I guess we'll see, but it's so Raiders, I guess. And maybe a peek and decide why they're so dysfunctional. Because they're just boring and not a lot of discipline and you know what i've the biggest, not a lot of passion yeah the biggest surprise out of that show was listening to mark davis talk to the alumni <laughs> yeah like i was listening to that and i was just like hey man like he's he actually he, he seems human yeah right here. like that's that's kind of weird it was kind of cool yeah <laughs> like you appreciated the respect he had and like the outlook that they have i know al davis was always like that and that's why so many people liked him is they had that that respect for the yeah. people it was family you know what i mean um but yeah i agree with you that was the best part of the whole damn thing him and his weird ass haircut weird. over there just <laughs> talking say, everything above the neck is just weird like anyway <laughs> so wait steve you don't have an actual that was that was your worst that's two? it Do you want bradbury's butt we can give you the you did already we you can give you the me. sweaty butt and give you credit for that if you want <laughs> you the sweaty butt. i said i had a little different angle on it and that's just like the whole that's like the whole raiders mystique isn't there a huge train wreck it's just that they're just so dull yeah like the, the lack of passion i think overall was kind of where it's at everyone's just sh- punching the clock yeah and when like. you see gruden on the sideline like he's a yelly like angry coach like passionate and then you saw him in that and you're like what the going on this is not john this is not what i wanted i wanted you cutting people day one well and i did like the when they did cut the rookie it was replaced that was the good that was hbo's dramatic part of it yeah was they show them removing 
all the equipment yeah. and then returning the exact same equipment with the same <laughs> yeah, number right. and another dude shows up in the same number and everyone's like, oh, that's a new dude. Yeah, <laughs> and John, John Gruden even, you, you you feel weird about wearing that number yeah, and the dude was just like, I don't, I don't care. No, he's like, I, yeah, no, he's like, I like this number. I've worn it before. We'll get you a new number. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's it. That's Worst Damn Sports Show, period. Thanks for hanging out here. Follow us on Twitter, too, at Worst Damn.